What's good, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Amitalika TIS podcast with your host, yours truly. Josh Hill's got a good show for you here on the final Saturday of January 2021. Uh, you better believe, and I told you I was going to talk about Chad Wheeler uh, to start off the program, give you my thoughts on a two-part HBO Tiger Woods documentary, and of course got some news as far as Major League Baseball and the NFL off-the-field off-season news that I'm going to address later in the program. But I warned you, and if you're not ready, uh, then buckle up, because uh, I got plenty of things as far as Chad Wheeler is concerned. Uh, in case you all didn't know, Chad Wheeler, offensive tackle for the Seattle Seahawks, or formerly for the Seattle Seahawks, uh, was cut earlier this week due to his disgusting, heinous, inhumane actions that he that he that he um, went forward with against his ex girlfriend. Now, in case you all don't know, Chad Wheeler is black. Okay, Chad Wheeler is black, and his girlfriend, or excuse me, Chad Wheeler is white, and his girlfriend is black. Chad Wheeler beat his girlfriend, which is, of course, they and they were living together, which, of course, violates the NFL's domestic violence abuse policy. But he didn't just beat her. This isn't your normal or your regular domestic violence case. This man, this monster, tried to kill, kill his girlfriend. Dislocate. I mean, this man, he beat her bad so much that if you have the stomach to look at it, there is literally dry blood clotted around her nose. Bruises all over her face, dislocated injuries to her arm. This monster beat up this woman so badly that he tried to kill her. This isn't just your regular run-of-the-mill domestic violence case. This was attempted murder. And sitting here right now, I am so disgusted and ashamed of the mainstream sports media outlets and the mainstream media in general. For not giving this the time and the attention that Ray Rice, Greg Hardy, Kareem Hunt got with their domestic, or Kareem Hunt wasn't even his, but with especially with Ray Rice and Greg Hardy with their domestic disputes. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not excusing what, what Ray Rice did, and I am no way in hell excusing what Greg Hardy did. 
Greg Hardy as a monster threw a girl on a bed on a bed with a bunch of guns on it. It's despicable. Everyone raised holy hell about him. Ray Rice, both of them were drunk. She said something he didn't like. Napoleon Complex Ray Rice and kicked in. Left hook, knocked her out unconscious, dragged her out of the elevator. But, but, he apologized. She forgave him. And those two are married today. This punk, this monster, tried to kill, kill his girlfriend. Yet, all across mainstream media, from ESPN to FS1, outside of Shannon Sharp, who had the guts to say something, ESPN, FS1, I, I can call the roll. Not one of those media outlets, not one, dedicated hours of television. The same hours of television that was made that was put off to the side for Ray Rice. And I don't want to hear any of this garbage, any of this crap. Well, well, you know, Ray Rice was a top running back in the NFL. Greg Hardy was a big time pass rusher. Kareem Hunt was a big player for the Kansas City Chiefs. And Chad Wheeler is just an offensive lineman. I mean, no one's ever heard of him. He's just a thirsting offensive lineman. That ain't the damn point! The point is that this Muppet tried to kill his ex-girlfriend. And if you want proof, the quotes say he basically said when she became conscious again, damn, I, I, I paraphrase damn, I thought I killed you. You survived that? Really? And I want to, and I got to hear all these idiots say, don't compare it or it's not the same thing. Domestic violence is domestic violence. I don't give a damn if you are a all-pro starter or if you're the 53rd guy on the roster. This is, I could care less where you are, where you are on an NFL roster, what awards you have, what clout you have within an NFL franchise. Doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. This man tried to kill his girlfriend. Kill her. Why? Because according to him, she didn't, quote-unquote, bow down to him. Really? Really? What type of backwards 1863, you know what, are you on, Chad Wheeler? I'm, I'm, about, I'm about sick and damn tired of this. I'm not for this. Enough of this. Okay, Kareem Hunt, not that he should have did it, but Kareem Hunt didn't... Kareem Hunt got rid of a girl in his hotel room because, according to him, she called him a nigger. Couldn't escape it. All over the news. Kareem Hunt this, Kareem Hunt that. 
Ray Rice. They, and and Trump, I didn't I listen. Lived in lived in this state my whole life. About a half hour drive from downtown Baltimore and a five minute drive from the Ravens practice facility. I, if anyone knows, it's me. I know. I remember. All over the place. Couldn't escape it. All over sports television and regular television. The Today Show, uh, CBS This Morning, GMA, you name it. All over the news. All over it. Now, granted, that was caught on video. This circumstance was not. But does it really matter? Does it matter if it was caught on video or not? Does it matter that it's an offensive lineman, third, fourth string? Instead of a Super Bowl winning running back? Does it matter if it's really about putting a stop to this nonsense? Does it really matter? Does it matter? The answer is no. Don't give a damn if you are the if you are at the top of the depth chart or the 53rd man on the roster. Makes no damn difference. Wrong is wrong. Abuse is abuse. And Azash should not only and he got cut, but also he should be thrown in jail and never, never allowed to play in the National Football League again. And I don't hear any, any weak, stupid statement from the Seattle Seahawks. Well, we're saddened by this event. Send, really? We're, we're saddened. What the hell are you at? Send, really? How about pissed off that one of our players essentially tried to come and murder that sitting on our franchise? Sitting on the team payroll. Send, really? That's what you got, Seattle Seahawks? And Russell Wilson. Who, you know, who's essentially the Pope. You, you didn't try to get this guy to make sure that his head was on straight? Pete Carroll? Really? Got no attention. Had a bigger buzz on social media than it did on network television. Nobody in America gives a crap about where Deshaun Watson's going to go. Or Matt Stafford and Jared Goff getting traded. Or if Mahomes wins the Super Bowl, all of a sudden he becomes a GOAT. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Means nothing. You got months and months and months to discuss that foolishness. Talk about and pay attention to what's most important. This girl's hitting her knees every single night thanking God that she's still alive. And for the most part, nobody seemed to notice. Nobody seemed to care. We're all, you know, Deshaun Watson does one out of Houston. Who cares? Talk about this. God, you spent hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of television dedicated to Ray Rice. Great. I can call it roll. Dedicated hours upon hours of television to those guys. Yet mums a word for Chad Wheeler. Really? Every single last one of you that works at those big-time media companies 
who didn't have the balls to say something should be embarrassed. Because that was Ray Rice, Greg Hardy, Kareem Hunt, Tyreek Hill. You would have bet your ass you would have made time to talk about it. But because it's Chad Wheeler and the offensive lineman, nobody cares. And dare I say it, it's because he's white. We'll sweep it under the rug and pretend like it didn't happen and that it didn't exist. And that's a freaking joke. All this talk, well, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because Chad Wheeler's offensive Who cares? Abuse is abuse. Damn near killed the girl. I don't give a damn what position he, he plays. Nearly freaking killed her. Uh, and I'm about damn sick and tired of, of this too. Uh, why is it every single time that when these white folks act and cut a fool, you always got to use that damn crust with the mental illness? To hell with the, me with the mental illness bull crap. Every single damn time, these white folks sit up here and cut a fool and act like an ass and, and, and end up doing bodily harm to people, we always got to pull the mental illness card. To hell with the mental illness. Because you know what they do when they do that, when they do that crap, don't you? They do it to, 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 to use psychology to make people feel more bad by the abuser than the victim. It's 2021. If you, if you don't know how to manage, you, if you don't know how to manage your mentals, that's on you. I ain't Justin Timberlake crying a river for your punk ass. We got plenty of avenues of medicine and help and 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 and, and, and psychological psych, uh, psychologists and doctors out there for you to get your help. So you saying, well, yeah, the mental illness he's bipolar. Ain't no damn excuse. If you know you have a tendency to pop off like that, take your damn medicine. Stop using that crap as a freaking clutch, as a freaking crutch and an excuse. I'm damn sick of it. Every single time these these white bastards sit up here and act a fool, either hurt people or blow away 30 people, I always got to hear that goddamn mental illness card being pulled. I'm so sick of it. Yet when it's black people... Oh, they're a bad person. They're a thug. They're a gang member. They're this, that, and the other. To hell with all that nonsense. Black person acts up, breaks the law, does bodily harm to people. He's a bad person and should be damned to hell for all the eternity. But so, but it just so happens, it's so ironic that when white folks act up, we always got to pull the mental illness bullshit. Excuse my French. I'm so sick of it. Every single time. It's, uh, oh, to hell with all that. Cry me a damn river and see if I care. I am so sick of this. This man nearly killed this woman. And nobody, outside of a few people, nobody said a thing. Nobody. It was mom's the word, sweeping under the carpet, and we'll wax poetic about Deshaun Watson being a top five quarterback for nine hours. Nobody cares. Gee whiz. 
and his position and his clout in the National Football League shouldn't determine the shouldn't determine whether or not he gets dragged through the media for his heinous actions. Assault is assault. Abuse is abuse. Quit cherry picking what stories and what situations of domestic abuse and domestic violence fit your little agenda and call it straight down the middle objectively. When the black NFL players act up and cut a fool, you call them out. When the white boys cut up and act a fool, you call them out the same. You don't sit up here and pick and choose to see, you know, pick and choose to fit your narrative. You don't do that. You call it straight down the middle. I, again, I don't care if he's got five all pros, been to the Pro Bowl eight times, and won six Super Bowls. If he beats the living hell out of his significant other and damn near tries to kill her, he should be lambasted and dragged throughout all of the media. All of the media, the same way that if it, the same way if it was a member of of somebody's practice squad, makes no difference. Abuse is abuse. I'm so sick of this. I'm sick of it. I'm I'm sick of the double standard, and I'm sick of the of, of, of the picking and choosing to fit our standard, or 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 to fit your agenda. I'm so sick of it. I'm sick and tired of it. I really am. I'm sick of it. Because, you know, he's a white offensive line almost sweeping on the rug like nothing exists. Bull crap. Because the same people that didn't bother to give Chad Wheeler the time of day dedicated hours upon hours upon hours on upon hours upon hours of television not just sports tv but tv in general every program from access hollywood to nbc nightly news dedicated hours upon hours of television to ray rice hours and if you don't believe me do yourself a favor and look it up Hours. Yeah, when chat with it, they don't say a thing. Outside of a few people, they don't say a thing. Wonder why that is. I'll, I'll leave you to put two and two together. I, I wonder why that is. And again, enough with the excuse make with this mental illness nonsense. There are enough doctors, enough forms of medication, and enough people out there to, for you to contact to get the help that you rightfully need. If you know you have a problem and choose to ignore it, I could give a damn about, about your feelings at this point. When you sit up here, when you sit up there and, 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 put your, um, and put your nonsense on somebody else and put someone else's lives in danger, quite honestly, I could give a damn about, about you and your little mental illness episode. Because there are enough people out there that can give you the help and the care that you need, that, that you need for, you, for, for you to go ahead and start acting like this. And last time I checked, I don't think bipolar is a reasonable excuse for you to basically act like an ass and damn near kill another human being.
But yet when it's black folk, uh, they're a bad person. They're a thug. They're a criminal. They're this, that, and the other. You can miss me with that foolishness. Miss me with it. Because I ain't putting all it there. I ain't trying to hear it. And I, ain't, and I damn skippy ain't going to tolerate it no neither. I don't give a damn if it was Russell Wilson or Chad Wheeler. You commit domestic violence. You commit abuse. You deserve what you get. You deserve to be punished. You deserve to be thrown in jail. And another thing that makes it so disturbing, this isn't like Ray Rice where he co-cocked his fiance and that was it. They got into a dispute, you know, he put his hands on her and that was the end of it. This guy tried to kill this woman. This isn't just your regular run-of-the-mill domestic violence scenario. This, this man should be charged with attempted murder. Attempted murder. This isn't, I, me and you get into an argument, it becomes physical. I knock you out, you know, and, and you got a black eye and, and, you know, that's the end of it. This is attempted murder. Damn near try to kill this woman. And outside of a few people, nobody said a word. And it was swept under the rug like it never happened. Really? Yet again, one more time. Kareem Hunt, Ray Rice, Greg Hardy talked about on television ad infinitum for weeks. For weeks, if not months. And nobody said a, and when it came to this, nobody said a freaking word. Not a word. And if you're not outraged at this foolishness, you are part of the problem. Period. End of story. And again, for the mainstream media out there, quit going out of your way and dedicating hours upon hours of on-air programming to slam and destroy the black athlete Yet when the white counterparts literally do the exact same thing, if not in this case, 20 times more worse, you say nothing to fit your little agenda and to fit your racist-ass narrative. Chet Will ought to get tried and get thrown in jail for as long as it possibly can. That you can't sit up here and pick and choose this, this domestic violence, not this domestic violence stuff. Either all of it's wrong or it isn't. Because you can't act, because there's no gray area, and you can't have it both ways, and you can't pick and choose. What's wrong is wrong. Period. Across the board. No matter what race, no matter no, no matter what race, no matter what no matter the caliber of, of the football player, regardless what team he plays for. Abuse is abuse. Period. Bottom line. End of story. Back after this.
Welcome back to the I'm Tell Like a T.I.S. podcast. Switch gears now to something uh, a little bit more lighthearted than uh, the Chad Wheeler situation. Uh, light and mood here. Uh, over the last week or so, I watched the two-part HBO uh, documentary on Tiger Woods entitled Tiger. Um, I watched part one last Saturday afternoon, and I watched part two on... Um, what day was that that I did that? Uh, I think that was two. No, it was Wednesday. I saw part two on Wednesday and part one last Saturday. And of course, I didn't bring them up because, you know, you had football, conference championships, and anything else. And I'll give you the complete lowdown for Super Bowl 55 come Wednesday's episode. But. Today, I figure it's, you know, take a little break from uh, playoff football and the Super Bowl. I'm still talking, you know, Deshaun Watson and and got some news outside of the two teams participating in this year's Super Bowl I got to address. But try to, you know, stay away from it and not make it a football-heavy show getting into, you know, starting to get into the habit of that because, you know, after, uh, what, uh, after February 10th, February 10th, February 11th, whenever is the, uh, whenever is, is, uh, the second Wednesday of uh, February, whenever, whenever that is, um, you know, you got no more football and, you know, I gotta, of course I got the NBA, but, you know, I, NBA, you know, you gotta kinda spread your, uh, your, uh, versatility a little bit, but anyway, my thoughts on the Tiger Woods documentary. A couple of takeaways from part one, then I get to part two, take a break, and then I get to uh, some off-season news regarding Major League Baseball and Nolan Arenado. Uh, first off, some takeaways I got from part one was Tiger Woods' parents, Earl and Kilda, or Kita, whatever the name is, were a bunch of psychotic, narcissistic, condescending, controlling nut jobs. I mean, you want to, I mean, they literally would not let him do a thing besides play golf. Teachers were like, well, let Tiger, you know, ex, you know spread, you know, because they, they tell you nowadays, don't just focus on the one sport, play as many sports as you possibly can, and then pick the one that you either really love or, or you're really great at, and then eventually, you know, when you get towards, if, you, if you're that serious and want to end up making it to the pros, then you, one by one, you know, you drop each individual sport. But, you know, and his father was like, no, he's got to he's focus on his golf, got to focus on his golf. You know, and and Earl at such a young age, you know, basically putting Tiger in the garage and watching Earl hit golf ball after golf ball after golf ball in the garage and basically putting it within his brain to say, look, you know, my son's going to be one of the greatest golfers to ever play the game, like it or not. And I mean, and of course you saw his appearances on the t on TV at a young age, and he was hitting the ball at two years old. It was crazy. And stories that I've all heard because my grandmother's a big time Tiger Woods fan, but I've never actually I never bothered to YouTube those videos, but I happened to see those videos 
uh, you know, during part one of the documentary uh, last Saturday afternoon. Uh, and it's, it's just, I mean, it's just an interesting story. And then having to, and then, and then Earl essentially, you know, it's got focus on the golf, we got focus on the, and essentially not allowing Tiger to be a kid that bothered me. You know, it was just golf, 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 and golf and get A's, golf and get A's. That's it. He had no social life, really had no big time social skills, and you saw that it ended up hindering Tiger's development as a uh, as a as a human being. Uh, what I couldn't stand, Earl exposing Tiger to his infidelity, he and that buddy of his that essentially, I don't, you know. Even if it was nothing, uh, quote unquote, if even if it wasn't in a, and the documentary didn't give any uh, indication that it was anything like you know sexual, like with Tiger that we find out in part two, but you know Earl, you know uh, allowing Tiger to see him essentially have drinks and essentially date more or less, you know, women that weren't his mother. I mean that that exposing your kid first of all if one per if first of all if one would to and they shouldn't but if one would commit infidelity against their spouse and they have a kid common sense not just on the part of protect not not just on the part of you know not wanting your kid to see you you know cheat cheating on their mother but also it but also it's just you know, it's also just like common sense. Like, why would I want to? Why would I want to expose myself so I could also get caught? And Earl, I mean, whether his mother had a problem, with, who knows? But I mean, exposing your kid to infidelity, knowing that at that, you know, at a, at the young age, Tiger was they're like sponges. Everything they see, everything they see, and they watch, they mimic or they imitate, and they essentially absorb it and they give it right back out in the future that that was terrible Earl exposing Tiger to to his uh to his uh, infidelic ways I mean it is it's terrible terrible absolutely terrible you know yeah, there's there's an old there's an old phrase there's an old phrase that one of the uh, evangelical pastors I like to uh listen to always says says some things things in life sometimes sometimes they're caught not taught what does that mean it's that people it's the whole nature versus nurture it kind of intertwines with that you don't have to be taught how to do how to do and behave and act a certain way sometimes it automatically is that way because you've caught or you've seen or you've ab absorbed what someone with with someone with great influence or someone who is you know close to such and such you see them do it over and over again and it plays a trick in your mind making you think that that's okay because they do it and and they're a source of authority or whatever it, or whatever the case might be um but the part that really that really bothered me was when tiger's parents essentially made tiger shun and 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 dump his first girlfriend with one of the most cringiest disrespectful inhumane robotic pettiest things i've ever seen and that's with that dopey letter that tiger's parents made him made him write i mean you want to 
And you saw in the documentary how that girl, you know, it was Tiger's first girlfriend, which for everyone out, you know, your first, your first girlfriend, your, you know, your first girlfriend is something, regardless if you're, if you ended up, you know, with, if you ended up tying the knot with them or not, that, that, that first lover, so to speak, of yours, you, you'll never forget, and it always will hold that relationship, and that person will always hold a special place in your heart, and just, and, and you know, and you saw the home view, how Tiger had, you know, singing and dancing, had the personality, you know, was free to be himself, smiling, you know, he, he looked like he was having a fantastic, you know, because outside of, because she, I forget the, I forget the girl's name, but she said it during the uh, document, how, you know, how Tiger really didn't have any other relationships outside of his parents than, than his girlfriend, you know, he really didn't have any, you know, he wasn't, wasn't that person that was going to, you know, hang out with his friends, you know, Friday after school or later that weekend and, you know, go to the school football game and pep rallies and got on the group dates and hang out at the movies, go to the mall. He wasn't like that. It was with with his, again, narcissistic, controlling parents. It was your golf and your schoolwork, and that was it. No social life, no this, no, no this, no that, no nothing. And you saw just how much... Uh, Tyler, uh, Tyler, Tiger's personality, quote, I guess you can say, quote unquote, blossomed when he had that first girlfriend of his, and then you know, and he can't, and you heard the story, came home from college, and he basically didn't want to go home right away. He said, "Screw this, I'll hang out with my girlfriend for a couple of days, for a couple of days, few hours, whatever, you know," and then knew that his parents were going to get upset, didn't care, came home when he wanted to. Parents, you heard him cuss the, you know, cuss them out like crazy. His mother, his father went ballistic, every, you know, the whole nine yards, and made Tiger write that again, that phony, dry, shallow, petty letter, basically saying, among other things, I'm forbidden to see you. This is the end, all like that, and like, and like his, you know, and like his ex girlfriend uh, uh, said, you know. She would have accepted it better, and all she and she said it. What she wanted was to hear Tiger say it, hear Tiger that the relationship was going nowhere, hear Ty, hear Tiger say that she was a bad influence on him, hear Tiger say that you know we're no longer saying hear all the reasons why Tiger's parents threw Tiger onto that pen and paper, said why they why that girl couldn't be with Tiger anymore. She wanted to hear Tiger say that because she knew, she knew that the content, the content of that letter was a, was a load of bull. And she knew that, and she knew how Tiger's parents were. And she knew that Tiger essentially wrote that letter with his parents essentially telling him what to write among other things, long story short, and if you read it, I mean, you, I mean, you, 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 you hear, it's just like really, and now mind you, he had just came from her house and spent, you know, a, a, a decent amount of time there, and all of a sudden they're done like that. No, 
it was his parents speaking, you know, again, with, with you know, being, a, again, controlling, narcissistic, you know what, and basically in, in controlling their kid. And didn't like the eye and didn't like the fact that he had a personality, that he had a life outside of golf, had friends, had his own little friend group, got himself a little girlfriend that, you know, to him was was decently attractive and he was attracted to her as well. And you know, so I mean so I mean, she wanted to hear it from Tiger. Like, if this is true, then call me. Meet me here. You come over to I can come over to your house. You can come over to mine, telephone company, nothing. Not one, not one of those things happened, and the fact that Tiger's parents didn't allow him, didn't allow the girl or Tiger, for that matter, the common courtesy or the respect to pick up the phone, or go to her house or have her come over to Tiger's house and to speak face to face about it is downright shameful. And the way that that relationship ended has to be one of the more pettiest most childish, immature ways to end a relationship I've ever seen. I understand that Tiger necessarily it ain't his fault. He was forced to foot on his neck by his by uh, Katolda, whatever whatever the mother's name is, an Earl, to do so. But that 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 was a disgrace and that was pathetic. I mean that that was pathetic. I mean, can you imagine? Can you imagine? First girlfriend. And you are a prodigy at you know playing an instrument or or your or a science prodigy or businessman's prodigy or golf basketball or you know you're you know you're you're the Tiger Woods of basketball you're the Tiger Woods of bait whatever it might be and your parents basically and because in mind you you're in you're you know you're in college so it's not like that you're thirteen fourteen fifteen years old you're 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 a young you know you're a young you're a young lad with you know whiskers on your face and with a driver's license and a, you know you're legal by the state by the state and can you imagine your parents saying you know after you essentially annoyed your parents went out of your way to basically annoy them because you knew that they didn't want you doing it but you did it anyway because you loved and cared about that person so can you imagine your parents you know basically making you sit down and write a letter that you really don't want to write, but you have to because you're because it's essentially a life or death situation. You don't write it or they will kill you literally or figuratively speaking, take your pick. Can you imagine that? I mean, I tell you this, if it was my parents that did that, I would never talk to them again. Matter of fact, I say, drop the golf, screw this, screw that. I'm living my own life. And if that life includes that girl, then so be it. Both of y'all can kick rocks. Can you imagine if your parents ever, ever thought of thought of doing something like that? There's that 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 that's straight up and down. There's no excuse for that. There's no reason. I don't. I could care less about the stupid golf. Golf ain't that important. Earl G's. Let the let the let the kid have his social life. Have his girlfriends. Let him be and let him be a teenage uh, American kid for crying out loud. My goodness gracious. I mean, they that straight up no 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 excuse for that. For the way it went down, and you can see that it's it hindered his social development as a person. And basically made Tiger Woods into the soul, into this soul dead golf playing robot, and, and it ended up, and, it, and it hurt him so badly that you saw the aftermath well into his thirties and forties with that whole cheating thing, which I'll get to. 
I mean, and that was his only real relationship outside of of his relationship with his parents. And she's that and said, you know, they were take it for what it's worth. They were in love. You know, and that his first real relationship outside of family and outside of Earl's buddies, and he and it gets cut off just like that because his parents make him. I mean, can you imagine that? Now with Tiger, because I've already killed his parents enough. With Tiger, okay, when he made that Calibanese, the Calibanese, the Calibanese, the Cablenation, kind of K Calibanation comment, or Calibanation, however you pronounce the damn word, a comment on Oprah, that bothered the black community tremendously. And rightfully so. And take it from me, and don't sit up here and tell me I've been black a long time. I know what I'm talking about. Uh, it bothered it. You know, it bothered it bothered the black community. You saw black comedians making fun of things. It bothered us. Because we looked the same way the black community looks at the Williams sisters and now Coco, the up-and-comers and, and uh, women's tennis and Coco Golf and... Naomi Osaka, who's who's black and Japanese, Blasian as they as they call them. I, before those two came along, it was the two Williams sisters, and it meant a whole hell of a lot to the black community. Because remember, the Williams sisters and Tiger, they they came up and became stars in their respective careers around the same time, mid mid late nineties, and then took off, and then took off in the early early mid two thousands, but. It was a big deal, and I and I know I've heard story, many stories from my grand, from my maternal grandmother and my mother. Heard many stories about it was such a big deal to have two black superstars, at least in the tennis case, superstars in a sport in a in what can be described as a racist slash elitist sport, where no one plays it, but the but rich or should I say wealthy white dudes at their country clubs during the summertime tennis and golf and the fact that black people you know because before because essentially black America had taken over the team sports world football basketball baseball and then in this individual sports track and field and and with Jesse Owens and Wilma Rudolph, and I, I go on and on and on, and then of and then um, and then of course boxing with Muhammad Ali, Joe Lewis, uh, Frazier, uh, Sugar Ray Leonard, uh, uh, Mike Tyson. So outside of really boxing, Black America had pretty much dominated the team sports world for a long, long time. And it was those two elitist country club sports in golf and tennis that no one had, you know, that no one had really found their niche and taken and took over the sport like the Williams sisters and Tiger Woods did. And what the black community, in case you're not black, you understand, when it comes to the black community, if you conquer, if you conquer something or an area that really isn't, that wasn't made for us to be a part of, 
Allah being president or vice president of the United States, being a leader in politics, starting quarterback in the NFL, head coach, G GM of a professional sports team, whatever it might be. If that, if you, if it, if it's been, if it's a position or if it's an area in this life that has been that has been dominated majority by the white man, and all of a sudden one or two of us sneak in and actually turn out to be pretty damn good at it, we will make whoever that might be a living legend for the rest of their life. Go look at Barack Obama. Go look at. Kamala Harris, look at Joe, look at um, Doug Williams, first black quarterback to ever win the Super Bowl, look at Dungey, first black head coach to ever win the Super Bowl, I, 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 can, I can go down the list, Jackie Robinson, uh, Willie Mays, the late great Hank Aaron, I can go down, I can, Frank Robinson, I, I can call the roll. And we essentially, and the black community looked up to and appreciated Tiger Woods, it's like, hey, it's this black guy that looks that looks like me, that's dominating the sport, that what that you know that 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 was dominated and and was controlled you know by wealthy white men. I mean it's it's just it's a, it's a sense of pride that's in, that's involved in that you know and they looked up they looked up to you know they looked up to him they looked at him as 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 a uh, as a hero it's like black man thriving uh, straight up and down in a white man's sport and it was something to be appreciative appreciative of and to be grateful uh, of and something you know be proud of stick your chest out you know look at us you know it was, it was, it was a real proud moment when the Williams sisters broke in in tennis and Tiger Woods broke in in, uh, in golf but and then when he made that Caliban Asian comment to Oprah it's like really you know you're doing all, you're making all this history you're winning all these tournaments your records this that and the other you're you're essentially Nike's biggest you're essentially Nike's and they even brought some documentary you're essentially Nike's second biggest athlete within the last 25 plus years since Michael jo since Michael Jordan who still was in the midst of his prime when Tiger Woods' professional career uh start started in the uh in the mid late 90s but it's like really it's it's like it's like it was just it was a punch in the face black people long story short black america looked at it as a punch in the face basically not in, for, for tiger essentially not embracing and not loving his himself essentially self hate or you know or not what they call not embracing your blackness that that's what it was because because and then they brought in Bryant Gumble and Brian Gumble was like well, yeah, I got grandchildren that you know that are, come from an interracial marriage, but because you know one of their parents is black, they see themselves as black. Not because of, uh, not because you know they hate their white side or Tiger Woods, you know, hate your white your your white nationality, you hate your Native American nationality, you hate your Asian nation. No, 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 no. It's because in the eyes of America, which still is more than seventy percent of it is made up of white people, and America slash white America looks at people looks at black people regardless whatever they're mixed with 
they still gonna look at him as black because it's this is America and that's just the way it is and that's the way it's always going to be that's why I get upset and I get a little bothered when Mahomes tries to placate you know tries to placate to those to those yahoos down there in the state of in then state of Missouri and down in, in the south and in Kansas City. That's why I get mad because I could give it because even though his fiance even though the woman that he's having a baby with and engaged to is white, even though his mother is white, doesn't change the fact that because his dad's skin color looks like mine. He, and because when he takes that helmet off, he's got that kinky, nappy hair for the most part. He's going to be considered biologically as black. Same thing with Russell Wilson. You know, you look at, you don't think, Russell Wilson's part Native American, but no one looks at Russell Wilson as, you know, Native American. No, look at him as a black quarterback. You know? You ask a whole lot of mixed kids out and they see themselves as black because they know that America is going to see them as black. Because when they get pulled over by the cops or has an encounter with the police and they roll that window down and if it's a guy and they see that, that kinky that kinky hair or if it's reversed and they got dark skin but their hair is a little, is a little thin, either the dark skin... Or the kinky hair is going to strike up that 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 racist stigma that exists within this country. So when Tiger made a comment, it's like really. And the thing that made it even more frustrating is that Tiger made the point has made the points plenty of times you see in a documentary that he had to encounter racism, racism. How he wasn't allowed to play on every golf course in America. Why? Because he was black and his father was black. So when he sat up there in front of Oprah and says, I don't consider myself African-American, black America was like, well, damn it, Tiger, what, what do you consider yourself as? Cause, because your fellow black brethren and certainly white folks consider you black. Because when I look at Tiger Woods, I do not see an Asian man, even though his mother is Asian. I do not look. I do not see an Asian man. And I don't see a. You know, I don't see a, a damn skippy. Don't see a white man. Tiger Wood. Tiger Woods. Ethnicity: Black slash African American. He can come up with that. He can come up with any little jumbled names and and, and acronym. I could. I could care less. Tiger Woods is black. Whether he wants to accept it or not, he's black. Skin, skin, skin tone, skin tone, the lips and the nose. Give, give it right away, and you, and and we all saw what Earl Woods looked like. Earl Woods is a black man. Tiger Woods, you are black, and that's what bothered Black America at the time, and still bothers back Black America to this day because he never had, he never did apologize or retract what he said. And that, and he essentially lost a huge chunk of his black fan base when he came out and he said those comments. Cause it was like, really, Tiger, really is what this is what we're gonna do now? One one of those moments, you know. So, so that that's that's my that's my uh, you know that's what 
that's what uh that's that's something that I got one of many things I'm not going with Tiger. And again, you know, when you thrive in a sport like golf, Black America claims not in like ownership way, but they you know that he's that he or she is one of us. You know, Black America looks at Coco Golf. Naomi Osaka, who who is just as black, just as much as black as she is uh, Japanese. Look at them. Look at the Williams sisters. That's one of us. That's one of us. One of those situations, you know. Sir, sir, you know Serena Williams is married to a white man, but no one looks at Serena Williams. So Serena Williams has never looked at herself as you know. As not as quote unquote not black or or not accepting or loving her blackness. Trust me, go on Serena Williams' Instagram page. There is black woman is black woman might as well be plastered all over the page. So I'm not killing Tiger on the fact that you can date whoever you want, but you can't forget who you are and you can't forget whose you are. Yeah, you may be mixed with different ethnicities, and I'm not saying you discredit that. But in the eyes of America, whether Tiger wants to admit it or not, he is black. If he, When he got pulled over by the police, you saw in, on my birthday of 2017, took that mugshot. Oh, you had to ask yourself, who does he look like? Does he look Asian? Does he look white to you? No. That is, excuse my French, straight up and down, nigga. Excuse my French. I look at Tiger Woods, I do not see a white man, I don't see an Asian man. I see a member of the Negroid American community. And that was the disappointing part of what Tiger Woods said. And that, along with his rise to fame and how he has essentially started dominating the sport left and right, it it, it kind of gave Tiger from that from that wow look at this and it kind of that hero and then it kind of slowly made him the villain. But a couple of parts that got out of it, which I enjoyed, was during the 2001 Masters, Tiger playing that mind game with Phil Mickelson when he outdrove. Mickelson off the tee with a three wood instead of a driver and Mickelson, you know, fell off his game and he ended up and he ended up losing that Masters. That was funny. Um I didn't understand. I didn't understand, you know, why that why his marriage with uh with the Swedish with the Swedish uh, girl's name. I forget what the name. I, I don't understand why that was such a big deal. I mean I mean, yeah, I mean me personally, I didn't think she was all that attractive. If you want my general opinion, and then I also just don't understand what the big deal was. I mean, I could see if he was dating Giselle or 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 uh, or any big name Hollywood actress, but it's like you know you have to at least with me and with my memory. Now, granted, I'm a little kid when Tiger Woods is like on top of the world, but it's like. Yeah, like really, we're going we're going nuts because Tiger Woods. I mean, who cares? Like Swedish, okay, who cares? Um, but, but.
But when it came, but going back to that 2001 Masters thing with Mickelson, I get, uh, I got, or excuse me, when it went to 2006, Earl died, Earl, because remember, Earl died May the 5th. Isn't it funny? Earl, Earl dies my brother's fourth birthday, May the 5th, and he got arrested on my um, 15th birthday. In two, you know, May twenty ninth, two thousand seventeen, which, which I just, which I found to be a little ironic, because I ended up watching the two parts with my brother and sister, uh, you know, with me. But anyway, it's not here nor there. When Tiger won the two thousand six Open Championship after Earl had passed away, I got the same vibe that I got from the Last Dance when Jordan won the 90 uh won the 96 finals on Father's Day after his dad passed away and they cut to and they cut the Jordan uh, on the f lying on the floor face down in the training room with the basketball in his hands weeping like a baby I had I got that same vibe so to speak when Tiger bald in his uh ex caddies I think it's Scotty I think his name was Scotty Williams uh, when he wept in his, you know, wept on his shoulder and cried like a baby when he won the 2006 Open Championship after Earl hadn't passed away, um, and then and then going and then that's my thoughts on part one, part two. Um, my takeaways from that was the amount of women that Tiger Woods cheated with was disturbing as hell. I mean. I mean, this man went from from a waitress at some dopey diner that he was so desperate to fornicate with that he went in the in the thing. It was the dry uh, what a parking lot of a church or something. Oh my, like Tiger, really? I mean, you're you're not my type, but you're married to a freaking international supermodel. Like you 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 that you that you that desperate? My goodness, I mean. It's, it's like how many women? I mean, it was just one after another after another after another. I mean, it, just, it was it was it was a it was a circus. It just you didn't know when was the final act. And the thing that also bothered me, I didn't like how he phrased it as a sex addiction. You know, with him seeking all these all these different women. When you learn in part two that he actually, you know, it's you know you've heard many of other stories where these guys you know they cheat on their wives you know they find someone attractive who they want to you know who they want to smash you know it's one night standing goodbye on to the next one the tiger was not like that he saw these girls over and over over again and he wasn't the, and he wasn't just there and 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 he and the services i guess you can say and the women that he, you know, that he slept with didn't get that didn't just, you know, have relations, but he also had genuine, quote unquote, relationships with these women, including Rachel Urichel, Uta, whatever the name is, the you know the the broad that you see uh, walking in at the end of part one with the with the teal. A uh, sports coat on with the uh, with uh, you know looking like she just came off of doing the uh, Kylie Jenner challenge with the uh, with the goofy makeup on her face looking like you know looking like she came fresh off of uh, the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills set uh, you know 
I mean, and she, and she said it, and she said it itself. How Ty, how they actually had a relationship. How Tiger would open up about how he felt about certain things, his feelings and his emotions, which again goes back to when his parents let him down the wrong road, when he made, when his parents made Tiger break up with that first girlfriend he had back back in the uh, back in the nineties, and those decisions. Granted, Earl Earl is dead and gone for quite a few years when this all break when this all is happening. Earl is dead, six feet under in the ground, no longer living. Dead. When Tiger's behavior when 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 essentially they'll put it to you like this, when the chickens are coming home to roost. Or when the seeds that Earl and his mother planted in Tiger at an early age are starting to grow into the uh, into the uh, poison, starting to grow and uh, and produce a tree with poisonous fruit. So keep that keep that in mind as well. And he's and he's seeking relationship and wanting relationships with all of these women. I mean, it it was like I mean to a point where comedians late night talk. All everyone all over. Boy, I wish I I wish if I was the age I was now back when this was happening. Oh, I'd have a freaking field day. I would have because I'm I'm watching the clips and I'm laughing. I'm like this this was this was a dumpster. This was a comedic gold mine and a dumpster fire if I ever saw one. But I mean, but it was just so out of control. You know, having. You know, and the fact that he that Tyler that Tiger got so desperate that he was like I essentially to the point where I can't play well unless I, you know you know, with Rachel to the point where he had her fly down to Australia things whatever. I mean, it's my goodness gracious, Tiger. But it was it was it was crazy, and 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 then the funny part is those two expecting not to get caught. I'm like, you've gotten away with it for so long. Eventually, going to get caught. Not to mention, a national inquiry was on Tiger's was on Tiger's tail. He was when he was fooling around with with that waitress at that diner, and he got lucky, and he, he and he got lucky, and he lucked out by the hair of his chinny chin chin. And anyone with common sense would say, hey, maybe I need to slow up and uh, count my blessings here. And, and quit while I'm ahead, but instead, but instead of, but instead of that, he decides that you know what I'm gonna take it a little bit further than that, and then, and then lo and behold, Rachel, Rachel and Tiger get caught hook, line, and sinker. Now shame on again, shame on National Enquirer for you know if Tiger if Tiger wants to essentially s- s- hit the self destruct button, you don't you don't essentially guide his hand to the button. That, uh, boy, that was a perfect analogy. If Tiger wants to hit the self-destruct button, you let him. You do not interfere. You do not interfere with it whatsoever, and don't essentially help guide his hand to the self-destruction button. You know, Tiger ruined himself. No one else did. He did. But for the for, for the National Enquirer to go out of their way and uh, and essentially investigate Tiger as if he was as if he was wanted by the FBI. Or uh, or the or the SWAT team of the CIA is, is a little is a little over the line and a, and a little bit tough to take. I got to be honest. Got to be honest. And 
and you know, and he and he got caught hook, line, and sinker. And I'm also calling, and I'm also calling bull crap on Rachel on Rachel being sent up there, being so innocent, saying, "Well, I never meant to hurt his kids. I never meant to ruin his family life. I never meant to hurt his wife." Cut the crap, will you please? You know, you knew good and well that Tiger Woods had had a wife, had had children, and and essentially was living, a, and essentially was living a double life. Knew good and full well that that was going on, and he didn't care. You kept sleeping with sleeping with him anyways. Not now. One time did it come out of your mouth or come across your mind? Hey, Tiger, we sh you should not do this. You know, you're married. You have other responsibilities. This just isn't right. We shouldn't do that. No, 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 no. You kept quiet. When he told you to to get your little happy hips over to uh, Australia, you hopped on a plane and made it your business that you were there. Didn't even bother to hide yourself. You got caught on camera, hook, line, and sinker, uh, red-handed, uh, red-handed like uh, like uh, like Jack Ruby shot shooting Lee Harvey Oswald in right in front of the freaking police station live on television. You, you got got caught right there on the spot, and they simply, you know, trying to plead your innocence to the people watch to the people watching that, you know, a decade plus later. S later, Rachel, will you please? You you can miss me with you can miss me with your foolishness as well. I know enough. You did, did did not care enough about about. Her about her essentially being Tiger's mistress before it leaked out to the public, and everywhere you looked, there were cameras and paparazzi around her asking questions, asking her questions left and left and right. You heard the tune, you gotta pay the piper. Get no sympathy from me. Cry me a river like Justin Timberlake. Build me a bridge and get the hell over it, will you please? You know, and then, and then, and then, and then trying to play the audience and Tiger's ex-wife for a fool, and then I got Tiger. Calling, you know, and I got Ty, and I got Tiger trying to convince his wife that there was nothing going on between her, about between him and Rachel. Please, I I don't I don't know I you know I don't know much about Tiger's ex-wife, but I would imagine she's a pretty bright human being. Hell, she's her her and and my man Christopher Maddock Russo are fellow Rollins College alumni. So they so they and and Chris Russo, is 61, 61, 62 years old, smart as a whip. So I, so she, and I know she, she, you know, she's uh, got all of her knives uh, sharp sitting upstairs, but uh, up, upstairs in that brain of hers. But she, she did, she didn't fall for the okie doke because then, because while I'm sitting watching, I'm like, hold on, what, why, why, if you are trying to convince me that you're not having an affair, why would you have, why would you show me? And or introduce me to the person that's being rumored that you're having an affair with. If you're trying to convince me that you're not having an affair with said person, it it, it makes no sense. Keep keep that person out of it. If you're that innocent, if you want to prove your innocence to be that way, why you show me? Why do you have this girl's number? Why is she in your phone? Why do you why do you even have a relationship with this person? And obviously, Elon. That's what her name is. Elon didn't Elon Elon didn't buy it. And lo and behold, you know, she tries to, Rachel tries to call Tiger, and 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 and, and, and lo and behold, it's Elon running on the uh, other line and and catches Rachel right in the act, hook, line, uh, red-handed hook, line, and sinker. So, I mean, saw right, she saw right through it, God bless her soul, and caught Rachel red-handed. Red-handed. And, you know, and Tiger, when he's sitting up there in that blue room, 
saying how he's embarrassed this, embarrassed that. Tiger should have said in that press conference the issues regarding his marriage was he and his wife's business and no one else's. And then for the Masters, you know, he plays in the Masters. He plays in next in that next year's Masters. And for the chairman of the Augusta National Golf Club to sit up there and chastise Tiger to the media, we're ashamed. We're ashamed of this. Tigers let us down. This oh blah 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 blah. Give me a, who who in God's name and Brian Gumble give him all sorts of credit. He called him out on that. Uh, and you know he pulled no punches about it. Who in the world is Augusta National? to shame Tiger to the public as if it was a public whipping a la in the 1800s where the neighborhood gathers around and watches and essentially watches the uh, master whip the slave for their own whip the slave for their own entertainment well, especially Augusta National given given their racist and sexist uh history don't get me started on them and and, Ty, and the bottom line is Tiger's infidelity and he had nothing to do with Augusta National, nor the golf fan who's watching Tiger. Nothing to do with it. And 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 it's it's just this is absolutely crazy. And I didn't like how Tiger shut shut out that that Tiger very curious with the female with the with the female friends. I didn't like how he all of a sudden shunned her out. And and how he got mad at his old caddy simply because he changed his mind and his caddy was like, well, you haven't played in X amount of time. I got to, you know, some, such and such asked me to caddy for him. You had no problem with it. Then all of a sudden you change your mind. Then it's like, then you basically threaten me. If I do it, I'm not your caddy anymore. You know, not a, again, not a return text message, not a call, not a meeting, no nothing. Which again dates back to the parents handling and the, and his nosy parents involvement with his first girlfriend, and and then uh, and Tiger's involvement with the Navy SEALs also was tough to take. Being a man in his mid thirties, getting shot at left and right, having to go through those those uh, bot those uh, physically taxing uh, drills and uh, and uh, obstacle courses knowing good and full well that you're a full-time professional golfer and you need your knees back joints obliques and everything else for you to play golf at such a top high level especially considering the torque the torque and the force that tiger puts on his body when he has that powerful uh, swing powerful swing of his and he's sitting up here doing the navy seals you know because of because because of uh because of earl and and and, and tiger would have been better off not pushing the envelope by playing through those injuries he should have put his ego aside swallow that sharp piece of humble pie and say you know what I, i'm not i'm not going to put myself through this anymore the last issue I have with the documentary, not necessarily Tiger himself, but the one issue I have with the documentary, and I would have liked to see, you know, when they spend 10 minutes on the 2019 Masters, I would have loved to have seen Tiger's old caddy, first girlfriend's thoughts on, you know, when he, we saw his girlfriend's thoughts when Tiger got arrested. What was it, what was her thoughts when, when, you know, she's looking all over across the news and, and the internet and all over television, it's Tiger Woods winning, you know, Tiger Woods' return to glory winning the 2019 Masters. You know, I would like to have heard Rachel's thoughts on it, but mom's the mom was the word with her. 
you know, and all these people that they had, you know, that Tiger once knew one time or another throughout his life, we don't we don't hear their thoughts or their opinion once Tiger essentially replants his flag among golf's mountaintop when he wins the ma when he won the Masters a year a year and some change ago. We we don't we don't hear any of that. And then Rachel for her to sit up there, you know, when she wasn't talking, looking uneasy, couldn't sit still, head down, not looking at the camera. It looked like to me she was on something. We'll never know. Uh, but uh, not championship uh, television, uh, what uh, whatsoever. And also another thing I didn't like, I didn't like how the documentary didn't go in depth in Tiger's essentially resurgence back to being a top tier celebrity. You know, because you know, dating he had a relationship with Lindsey Vaughn, and you know, and Tiger essentially has gotten back to the mountaintop, so to speak, as far as his celebrity is concerned with him, you know, being competitive and winning these tournaments again. But overall, I enjoyed the documentary. Long segment, 40, nearly uh, 49 minutes, but it was worth it. That's my thoughts on the Tiger Woods documentary, parts one and two. Take a break, get to some baseball talk. Nolan Arenado is a member of a new team. We'll find out coming after the break. Welcome back to the Amtelica TIS podcast. Switching gears down to Major League Baseball. Got a big time trade, big time trade that occurred um, that occurred on a Friday. Nolan Arenado, star third baseman of the uh, of formerly of the Colorado Rockies, got traded to the uh, St. Louis Cardinals uh, on to the St. Louis Cardinals on Friday night. Um, Colorado, uh, Colorado, of course, has to pay, uh, the remainder of Nolan Arenado's, uh, contract. Um, this is, a uh, let me get you Nolan's, uh, stats right here, but, uh, and the Colorado sports media is going, uh, the Colorado sports media is going, uh, going absolutely berserk, um, about this, you know, how can you do this, you know? You know, we're not going to be competitive baseball team. This is what you do with the homegrown talent. You know, so, so things I've, I'm used to hearing being as an or being a, a uh, an Orioles fan, but um, but um, but it's it's uh, the because uh, he if you go back and look, this was their franchise player. Just two years into a contract that uh, didn't expire until the end of the twenty twenty six season, uh, end of the twenty twenty six uh, season, it was an eight year, two hundred sixty million dollar deal before the two thousand and nineteen season, and the team essentially remember they made the postseason about a few years ago, and they haven't been good, and they haven't been back nor good since. And if you recall, Arenado did a lot of big time uh, belly aching and. 
and then screaming and complaining and talks about him being a toxic guy in the locker room and this, that, and the other, and essentially stating how, you know, Rockies, I, si I signed the contract, Rockies don't win, get me out, I want out, basically, you know, acting like you're, you're a prima donna NBA player. But um, just to give you his numbers, uh, in the 48 games he played in 2020, he hit... 253, eight home runs, 26 RBIs, on base percentage of 303, slugging percentage of uh, 434, OPS of 738. Career lifetime, or uh, in his career, he's a uh, 293 hitter with 235 career home runs and 760 RBIs. He had the he had the two phenomenal back to he's actually a he's from 2015 to 2019 he's had a phenomenal season. Uh, 2015 he had 42 home runs, 130 RBIs, hit 287. 2016 he had 41 home runs, 133 RBIs, hit 294. Uh, and then 2017 he had 37 home runs, 130 RBIs. Uh, tying his uh, second career best of 2015, the 133 home runs he hit in 2000, or the 133 RBIs he had in 2016 is a career best so far, and the 42 home runs he hit in 2015 uh, is still a career best. Uh, he hit 38 home runs, 110 RBIs, 297 average in 2018, and in the last 162-game season that he played, uh, 41 home runs, 118 RBIs, 315. Uh, his career best batting average in 2019, coming off of that big lucrative deal. So the Cardinals going to get a big bat and a big bop in their lineup. They still got uh, they still got um, uh, Paul Goldschmidt sitting there. Uh, Yadier Molina said that he's going to return to said he's going to return to the Cardinals. So, and this is the Cardinals team looking to compete for a postseason spot because after all they went through in 2020, remember, they were, they essentially were the, uh, were the first, were the first team, you know, playing sports post-COVID that had all of the, that had those uh, huge, co that had those uh, huge COVID outbreaks that essentially wrecked their season. Football, of course. You know, with the uh, with the Ravens and the Titans are the first two, you know, the two teams that come to mind with the teams having their schedules wrecked by COVID and football. Basketball, you haven't had that yet. But then again, you know, the season is uh, is about a month or so old. Um, and then, of course, you know, during the summertime, the NBA played in a bubble and didn't have that issue. But uh, and then, of course, with uh, college football, of course, the Ohio State argument. But the Cardinals were essentially the were essentially the first uh, were the first team live, playing sports in a COVID world, where uh, playing sports in a COVID world where you know that they had their schedule significantly impacted due to the virus because because they you know because they they didn't they it was so bad that it didn't even that they didn't end up playing the full 60 games and they somehow uh, clinched a wild card spot to play the San Diego Padres uh during that first uh, week or so in the month of October and of course they got eliminated by the Padres who ended up getting eliminated by the uh who ended up getting eliminated by the Dodgers in the NLDS but a big bat in the, in the lineup. No one Arenado. Reggie's stats: two thousand fifteen to twenty fifteen, two thousand 
to uh, or 2014 essentially. He didn't have a bad campaign in 2014, but 2015 and 2019, he, he absolutely phenomenal. Give him a break. 2020, play 48 games. Not going to hold his feet to the fire on that. But a phenomenal, phenomenal young career that he's put together. Uh, MV, MVPs, Gold Gloves. He's won a Gold Glove in every year. A phenomenal defensive uh, third baseman's won a Gold Glove every year. He's been in the major leagues 2013 to 2020 this past season. Um, was a finish within top ten and finished the within top ten in MVP voting. And of course, earned Silver Slugger from year 2015 to 2019. Has made the All Star team uh, five times in his career, four times Silver Slugger, uh, and have won the Gold Glove uh, eight times. So from a from a Cardinal perspective, it is an absolute absolute steal. They got their veteran catcher Yadier Molina coming back, which is a positive sign if you're a St. Louis Cardinal fan. And then of course uh, Arenado. Five two four five, you know, four a uh, phenomenal four two uh, four, Jesus words, four tool player, hits for average, hits for power, gets on hits for average, hits for power, gets on base, and a phenomenal, 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 phenomenal defensive third baseman, phenomenal. Uh, from a Cardinal perspective, hopefully that'll take uh, the Cardinals to the to over the top because remember they made the. NLC, remember they made the NLCS in 2019 and lost in the Nationals. They're looking to try to get back there, if not make a World Series run in 2021. From Colorado Rockies' perspective, uh, your team is uh, crash chopping and burning right now. You know you've and you've you've managed you sign you sign your franchise to a big lucrative deal. He sees that you ain't gonna win nothing, and he decides, oh screw you, I want I want the hell out of here. And then all, and then you know he about a year later he finally gets his way, and all of a sudden when their fans allowed, eventually when fans are allowed back into the stadium, who who on the Colorado Rocky roster are you interested in watching? Trevor Story? I mean, who who on that roster is is you know is is a quote unquote remote stopper? You know when you're channel surfing during the summertime. Or you know, watching MLB Network and they got the live look into the games. You stop, you stop what you're doing. Say, ah, I gotta watch. Uh, I gotta watch someone other than Nolan Arenado and the Colorado Rockies play baseball. I mean, I mean, the Rockies did it to themselves because it's not that they didn't have the money. They didn't have the money to sign them. They signed them a big, lucrative, long deal that wasn't set to expire for another five or so years. But I guess when you don't build a winning culture, you're going to bother and you're going to piss off your star who all of a sudden has realized that winning a championship and being competitive is more more important in the long term than uh, how much or more important as far as legacy is concerned and being an all-time great. That's more important than uh, how many zeros are at the end of your uh, are at the end of your balance uh, within your uh, savings account, so that's that's my thoughts on knowing. And Idle Trade got a recent got a breaking news regarding the National Football League. Pretty sure you know what it is because now that this episode is live. But for the sake of uh, suspense, you'll find out on the other side. Back after this. Things I've never said, doing things I've never done. Oh my God, oh my 
Welcome back to the Amatelica TIS podcast. Last order of business to get to and quite a few things regarding the National Football League offseason stuff, if that's hard to believe. You already got trades and signings and firings and all that sort of stuff is concerned. But um, just take you down uh, the list of uh, items here that's transpired over the last couple of days. For one, uh, Mike Pettin will not be returning to the uh, Green Bay Packers as defensive coordinator. Contract expired after this year, not coming back. Uh, Green Bay uh, was, you know, uh, you know they weren't they weren't as terrible as you as it would let on as far as point they allowed uh, they allowed uh, twenty about twenty three you know twenty three points a game so they're it looks like just by looking at it at a glance that they were top fifteen and and points allowed uh, as far as uh, as far as yards per game as far as yards per game is concerned they're a little they're a little they're a little better um they're a little bit better there they allow, they allowed a uh, 334 total yards of uh, of offense as far as the running game is as far as the running game is concerned uh yards per game averaged 112 rushing yards a game which you know when you're going up against teams that have Dalvin Cook on it and you know they, they stopped Derrick Henry give him credit for that but when you're going up against you know it was it was an above average defense to, to put you know they they had their they had their bad performances they had their bad performances at times throughout the season but it was an above average defense you know um you know they, they gave up 34 point they gave up 34 points to the Vikings they Gave up thirty. They gave up thirty points to the Saints. They gave up uh, twenty eight points to the Vikings when they lost. When Dalvin Cook went nuts, gave up thirty one. Gave up uh, thirty four points in a loss against the Colts. Gave uh, on the road. Gave up. Uh, you know, and that's pretty. You know, you know. So and then they've pretty much been. They were pretty much were decent. Uh, all the way up until uh, I understand it made Brady throw a couple of interceptions, but they were pretty much decent up until the Buck game uh, last week. So he's not returning to Green Bay. Be interesting to see if he gets a job uh, later on down the road. Ben uh, Ben Roethlisberger wants to come back. You know, Big Ben Roethlisberger with with uh, with the big ego. It's not just uh, the big waistline and the big head and the big everything. It's uh, it's the big ego and uh, and. Uh, and uh, what's best for the Steelers organization for the future long term and my long term health and my legacy as a as a, a quarterback all time be damned. I'm coming back in 2021, says Ben Roethlisberger. Looks like he's going to be open to taking a pay cut because that's what it would take logically for Big Ben to come back for the series in 2021. Whether he comes back or not, I don't see the Steelers being a big time football team. And this time, uh, I think I will be proven right about it. But uh, he wants to come back. He'll do it, Big Ben, at your own peril. That's all I got to say. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how the Steelers will handle that. And just that whole situation will just be very interesting to see how it plays out. And I'm looking forward to see what the 2021 Steelers are going to look like uh, come next fall. 
uh, David Culley. Who, what? Yeah, David Culley is the Texans' new head coach uh, coming from the Ravens' coaching staff, uh, was John Harbaugh's assistant. Those two, of course, come from the Andy Reid coaching tree. He's now the new Texans' head coach, Deshaun Watson, per the agent, which always, you know, you got to tread lightly with the agents. Uh, he has said he's had enough. He removed all of he essentially has distanced himself from the Texans organization as far as tagging him and the pictures and all that sort of stuff is concerned on the social media feeds, which in uh, translation to you people that aren't millennials, a member of Generation Z, uh, uh, members of Generation Z, that basically means, um, or wh whatever generation I'm a part of. X, I, I always get the damn generations confused. But if you're not a millennial or a member of my generation, that basically means that you know it's he's he's had enough. He does not want to be a Houston Texan twenty twenty one. But the but the but the uh, but the head coach is like well the reason why I took this job is because Deshaun Watson is a quarterback. I wouldn't have taken it unless Deshaun Watson is going to be the quarterback. So now Deshaun Watson is in a tricky spot because you know does he you know it's not no disrespect to that coach personally and probably. You know he was done with he was done with the organization long at long before Cully was hired, but it puts Deshaun Watson in a tricky spot. It's like he's going to leave this new first time head coach now and in, well into his sixties. First time NFL head coach is he going to leave him out to dry or is it or is the situation in Houston that toxic and that bad that he has no choice but to get out? That'll be an interest. That that'll be an interesting dilemma. That will be talked about nonstop on all the uh, sports talk television stations all across America. Because if it's not Super Bowl Fifty Five, it's where's Deshaun Watson going to end up? I mean, holy crap! I mean, they acted like they acted like Deshaun Watson requesting a trade was uh, top sports news of the day. I mean, we all knew that Deshaun Watson's uh, future as a Houston Texan was in peril, and all of a sudden we're floored, and we got to spend hours upon hours of television. You know, Deshaun Watson requesting a trade. He wanted out after the after the Titan game on January the third. People, wake up, pay attention, wake up, please. And when it's when this whole thing when this whole thing prior to Wild Card Weekend came out about about wanting Eric Bieniemy to get uh to get interviewed and and they didn't meet and they didn't meet his way. It's been a complete. It's literally been a complete mess for the for for the entire month of January between Watson. In the Houston Texans, so I don't know why any of that would come to a surprise. But the breaking news that probably isn't so breaking by the time you've listened to this is that uh, f uh from uh per Adam Schefter of the ESPN, the t the Lions, who of course uh, mentioned who came out earlier this past week that they were uh, open to trading Matthew Stafford, and I and I mentioned during the w with Brennan with the recap after the uh, Rams and Packer game. That Goff's future as a uh, as a Ram was in question because you and you could just tell that McVay was not in love with Jared Goff, uh, and uh, so those two are uh, trade pawns. Detroit is going to be a Ram for f two future first round draft picks. The Rams are really just selling themselves out with with the first round draft. Pick. They better hope they win the Super Bowl or else this team will be in a rut for years to come because they are because they they do not have first round draft picks. For a long, long time now, a third round pick, and they send quarterback Jared Goff to the Lions with Dan Campbell to bite, you know, to bite each other's kneecaps off, up in uh, up in the Motor City. 
Detroit's going to be terrible anyway because I because I didn't be a little careful with these coaches trying to come in like they're all, like like they're uh, Billy Badasses talking about eating kneecaps and all this extra uh, this extra bravado that's unnecessary. Be, be a little careful with that. So I I, th I think the Lions are on a road to nowhere and that defense stinks. Not to mention it's a big time rebuilding project. And with the Rams, uh, and with the Rams, you know they got rid of golf, which is a plus. The not so negative is the fact they replaced him with Matthew Stafford, which, which you know, I know people like to rant and rave about Matthew Stafford too. I, 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 I honestly, I just don't see it. You know, according to uh, CBS Sports, um, uh, the, you know, the Ram with ten thousand plus simulations that the line that the Rams are. Slightly better with Stafford. Rams with golf average about eight wins, eight uh, eight percent chance of uh, see seven seven point nine wins. Rounded up to eight wins, uh, eight percent chance of winning the NFC. Less than four percent chance of winning the Super Bowl. The Rams uh, had with golf in twenty twenty one, and then uh, the Rams with Matthew Stafford eight 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 wins. So essentially, it's stayed the same. With an 11% chance of winning the NFC and a 5% chance of winning the Super Bowl, so it doesn't even go up that much, which which just goes to show you that the Matthew Stafford, uh, that the uh, that the Matthew Stafford, uh, uh, you know, it's 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 over. It's all he he it's he is overrated. I mean, but both of them, Golf, you know how I feel about Jared Goff. And uh, and and Matthew Stafford isn't a big time quarterback. I can't last, but the fantasy point, he he's just not a big. I understand that you know that his defense is awful and he and he doesn't play for the greatest organization in the NFL. But damn it, he did have Calvin Johnson for a couple of years, and and he only made the playoffs about what maybe one one or two times with him. I mean, uh, pass on Matthew Stafford and pass on Jared Goff. I think they're overpaid, overrated quarterbacks that will not win a Super Bowl or not even not even play in a conference championship game again let alone a super, and again in golf's case but those those two are going nowhere those guys are finito as far as having a big time NFL career is concerned and as far as a uh, Kelly Stafford is concerned well maybe well maybe because uh, since Michigan is so bad since uh, Michigan the state of Michigan the Michigan government is so bad Maybe she can uh, take up uh, bitching and screaming and moaning and groaning about uh, Gavin Newsom and uh, the California government. So uh, hope, hopefully you enjoy uh, the uh, Tinseltown, Kelly Stafford, and uh, you can bitch and moan and complain about the government there because uh, it's obvious that you're not going to invite uh, members of the Michigan government over for Thanksgiving anytime soon. Now that you actually can have a Thanksgiving, you don't have to worry about Matt Stafford sticking up the football field on a year-in-year basis. So uh, happy trails to both Jared Goff and Matthew Stafford, both overrated, both overpaid, both I really couldn't give a damn about as far as you know whether or not they're a great player, this, then, the other. I, I think that their careers are essentially going to go nowhere. They're average quarterbacks at best, uh, absolute dog crap at their worst. And uh, the Rams and the Lions aren't going to win a damn thing with or without them. So that is your story on that trade.
This is the Tell I Can Tell You's podcast we've made to the end of the program. Hopefully, you enjoyed it. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the J Shield. Follow the show on Instagram at Amatella underscore podcast and the show on Twitter at Amatella underscore it T-I-S. It's your boy Josh Shields. Talk to you Wednesday to preview Super Bowl 55. Talk to you then. Y'all stay safe. See ya. Happy birthday, Justin Timberlake, by the way. <laughs> <laughs>